What's up, tennis fans? Mitch Michaels here, and it is time for another edition of the TC Live podcast on the Tennis Podcast Network. And we've got a great show lined up for you this week. I had the chance to speak with American tennis standout Francis Tiafo all the way from Chile. He's playing the Chile Open, and he had an eventful first-round matchup, a three-hour barn burner against Nicholas Jari which he won all three tiebreakers, went 9-7. I chat with Francis about that match, what he's looking to accomplish in the South American clay swing, what his goals are for 2021, what it was like to be in the quarantine in Australia and how he was able to give Novak Djokovic all he can handle. And as he says, how he lives for those big matches. We talk about a lot of things from his upbringing in the DMV, from his love of all things basketball, his relationship and friendship with the other American players around his age bracket, and what it was like to win the Arthur Ashe Humanitarian Award in 2020, what that means to him. I think you're going to love this chat myself with Francis Tiafo. Let's start the show. All right, welcome to another episode of the TC Live Podcast on the Tennis Podcast Network, and our guest today had quite the uh, event yesterday. We're going to get into why he has a much-deserved day off in just a second. Ranked number 64 in the world, 23 years old, fighting and playing out of the DMV in Maryland. Our guest this week is none other than American tennis standout, Francis Tiafo. Francis, thanks for joining the show. Thanks, big dog. Thank you. Happy to have you here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I know tennis players don't necessarily get paid by the hour, but you put in overtime yesterday with a two-hour and 52-minute match on clay knocking out the uh, local favorite, Nicholas Jerry, in uh, a match that had something we don't normally see, three nine seven tie breaks. Francis, you were uh, very motivated to play, and, and I want to start with this. There were some missed opportunities in that second set. There was a chance to put it away earlier. A lot of players kind of teeter at that moment. How were you able to persevere and uh, overcome some of those missed opportunities early? Yeah, I mean, I was just trying to just keep, keep trying to take care of what I can take care of. I was super pissed after losing the second. Um, up 6-3 in that breaker. But, I mean, you know, body lane wasn't great early in the third, but I was just like, all right, let me just keep holding serve, keep holding serve, and keep putting the pressure on him. But, yeah, I mean, uh, it definitely wasn't easy. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was definitely on the brink to losing it. I noticed in that match that uh, your serve was kind of reliable, was old faithful in that way. Uh, 13 aces, 80% of your first serve points you won. Is that something you've been working on the last couple of years to really shore up that serve and uh, when your A game isn't there, have something to rely on? Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I've been trying to just keep going after my serve and, and start really trusting it. You, you need to get out of trouble. I mean, guys are good. So you're not going to always win the long rally. So if I can walk up to the line and crank a couple, that's always good. That decision you made to play this South American clay uh, mini swing, I, I don't think it gets enough credit for being as rare as it is. Not too many Americans specifically make that decision. What went into the thought process for that, playing Argentina, playing Chile? And, uh, you know, to follow up on that, did you just enjoy playing on clay as a kid growing up? Yeah, definitely, man. I love playing on clay. It wasn't really anything crazy. I mean, I made a decision. You know, my ranking, where it is right now, me dropping a little bit. After 2019, uh, sorry, 2020 Australia, I'm out of the top 50. It was kind of like, all right, I need a, I don't know if I'm going to be in Mangjaw in those tournaments in, in, in Europe mm -hmm. right now. And, you know, I didn't want to go out there and play quality. So, you know, guys are good. So I'd rather come out here and um, play on clay and, and do something different, you know, something I've never done before and, um, and see how it goes. 
You know, the last year, uh, everybody was dealing with a lot during the pandemic. And uh, again, props for recovering from your bout with COVID. How was it handling the preparation of, you know, not knowing what the events were, dealing with COVID yourself and, and finding time to get those reps in when it was hard, when you weren't able to? How were you able to manage that? Yeah, when, when COVID first hit, I didn't play tennis for a long time. I didn't play tennis for like two months. Uh, I was kind of in the gym every day kind of take a step back from the game, understanding where I'm at, why I'm there. And um, and kind of a lot, lot of reflection time. Spent time with my, with my girlfriend, uh, my brother. So family, moms, everything was cool. And then I uh, then started to get into it. I mean, obviously, it was, it was a different time. It was uh, super unprecedented for everybody, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you don't know when to kind of start getting it going because you don't know when tennis is coming back or sports in general. But, you know, kind of just find little routines and try to keep you busy. It was weird. Just feeling completely normal. How are you uh, able to flip the switch going from, let's say, 2021, this most recent Australian Open, where you have to quarantine? It's a, a, a daunting process for anybody, let alone a professional athlete who wants to win big matches and uh, you know earn for a living. How are you able to flip that switch from quarantining, resting, a lot of reflection time, and then getting out there and playing the best tennis players in the world? Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things. My my whole mindset going in was like, look, I'm not the only one doing it, right? Yeah. Every other player in the tournament is doing it. And, uh, you know, if you kind of come out here with a good mindset, you know, those guys are probably going to go deep. I mean, everyone's complaining. Everyone's trying to find the easy way out. Oh, you know, why me? But, look, I mean, it, it's it's crazy times right now. You got to do what you got to do. Um, we should be lucky and, and blessed that we even play, even able to play the Australian Open. So, you know, I was I was blessed. I was happy. You know, my setup wasn't bad. I was rooming with my guy. I had a connecting rooms with my with my coach Zach, so I was kind of just chilling, and kind of made the best of what it was. And and I thought actually Australia was actually ended up being a pretty good turnout for me. Absolutely, and I do want to get into that now. Uh, you lose a, a four set really competitive match against the best player in the world, Novak Djokovic, and uh, just to kind of go back, I think a lot of people noticed you and. and realized who you were and what you were about in that 2017 U.S. Open against Federer going five sets and really giving him all he can handle. During that Djokovic match, the camera caught you saying, I'm going to paraphrase for uh, for the airwaves here, that you love this, that you're all about playing in these big matches and that you're excited to be there. That's not what I said. That's, That's not, not what, what you said. said. Yeah, we got to keep it cool. We got to keep it a little, little PC, a little clean here. But no, I, I respect that. And I think, you know, a lot of people say that they actually love it, but Going up against the best player in the world and you give him four brutal con- competitive sets, you really do love to be in the grind, don't you? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing, man. It's You know, you know, my problems are, aren't aren't those. I love those moments. I, I, I live to play the best players in the world. Like, I, I need that. Like, I want that. You know, I want to you know, I want, I see the big name of Novak Djokovic and France Tiafo, Rafa and Tiafo. Um, you know, and now I'm not saying I'm going to win, but I'm going to play a great tennis. You know, I've beaten a lot of good guys on um, big stages. You know, I've went deep runs. I've done that. But my thing is beating the guys I'm supposed to beat. You know, that's my Achilles heel. Yeah, what did it feel like with so, the yeah. crowd there, with the crowd that was pretty much in your corner, especially in that second set? That was one of the better reactions outside of Kyrgios that I think the Aussie crowd had. No, they was they was hype. I mean, they was, they was ready for it. I mean, it was one of those things like, you know, I mean, everybody – Look, I mean, you, you know, if you're a sports fan, everybody wants to see an upset. Everyone wants to see the underdog. So Novak's won it 900 times this grand open. Let's see something new happen. And obviously, you know, guys, you know, I could be the guy to, to shake him up a little bit. So, and I definitely showed it. 
You know, I played well, I showed up, and it was fun to be a part of. But, you know, I wish I could have got that done. But, hey, man, he's, he's one of the best for a reason. I know no loss is ever satisfying, but what do you take away from that match? Because you had to feel like, okay, my level was at a point where if I'm giving Djokovic this, I should and, and definitely am capable of giving this to a lot of other players that aren't quite as good. 100%. 100%. But I, I know that. I know at my best I can play. I can play against anyone in the world. I, I, I say I respect everyone. I don't fear anyone. I respect every player immensely, but I don't, I don't fear anyone, especially those big guys. I want those big guys. But for me, it's just, you know, kind of beating the guys you're supposed to beat day in, day out. And, um, you know, that's something that I want to really get better 2021 and so on and so forth. Francis Tiafo on the TC Live podcast. We're uh, thrilled to have him here as he's calling in from, from Chile, playing in the Chilean Open here. And uh, Francis, I want to talk a little bit about something else. You know, you've been known and deservedly so as one of the best prospects in American tennis. But I want to know, how do you feel about that label? Are you? Is it something you embrace? Is it something that you're just not really concerned with? Uh, when you hear stuff like that, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely been, you know, that guy. And a lot of people would say, you know, I, you know, friends hasn't hasn't reached, you know, what we thought it was going to, and blah blah blah. But I mean, we're also playing in an era that the best era of an all time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, we're playing absolutely. with three guys who, who are breaking some serious records, and but I mean, I, I mean, I, I like it. I mean, I like that people think, um, you know, see see the talent in me that gives me confidence. But I like there's also a good group of guys. Um, you know, Taylor's playing great, Riley's playing great, Tommy's playing great. So it, it make it it's good camaraderie and everyone out here, you know, playing good tennis, but. Yeah, I mean, as of now, you know, I've been on tour for six years. I, I just want to, I want to be the best of friends TFO can be. I think most people don't realize how young you are. Like you said, you've been on tour for six years, and they're like, what, he just turned 23? We feel like he's a right. little older because he's been around so long. I'm glad right, you... People I'm, think of me as a vet, but <laughs> 23. 23-year-old vet, for sure. Uh, you know, looking at the Americans, I'm glad you referenced them. Uh, there is a great group of guys. It was competitive from the time you were all in USTA around the same time. Uh, I'm just wondering, you know, from the outside, what's the vibe like? I know there's a friendship, and, and I know you guys love talking, love joking, love uh, talking sports and basketball in particular. What's the vibe like among the camaraderie with you guys? Yeah, we're all close, man. It's no, it's no fake stuff. We're all actually good friends, man. Like, we all want the best for each other. I would say, you know, I'm cl probably close to me and Riley. Mm -hmm. uh, me, Riley, and Tommy, uh, us three are, you know, pretty cool. Um, Fritz, me, I'm cool with Fritz, but I mean, obviously he, he's, he's a video gamer and stuff like that. So we got it. We're just different guys. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I mean, Riley and Tommy, especially, I'm, I'm super close with them and, and obviously Taylor as well. But yeah, I mean, and I think we all push each other without even kind of talk about it. You know, you see guys do well, you like, you know, if Taylor did something, well, I can do it. And if Tommy did it, you know, I can do it and Riley and so on and so forth. So. It's it's great stuff, man, and I, and I hope I hope you always keep going, and you know I'm excited to see what these next 10, 15 years is in store for us. I know you guys like to stick together, and I know another group that likes to stick together. From what I've noticed, Francis is this DMV athlete crew. It seems like you guys all rep each other, and that you're you know proud to be from where you're from. And you know I re reading up on you about you know looking up to Kevin Durant because he kind of made it from that area, and and I know you're passionate about your sports teams as well. So. I think that that probably does say a lot about you that you're loyal and you're uh, somebody that reps who uh, who kind of made you in the area you're from. No, I mean DMV is big, man. Like guys don't get it. Like we got something in the water. That's why Kevin, you know, he made he made that dock, man. It's mm -hmm. 
it's real. You know what I mean? We got we got real prospects coming out of DMV and I love where I'm from. Um, I'm one of those guys who absolutely love everything about where they're from. I love where I was made and I'm never going to forget it. And every day, you know, I do what I do. You know, I'm not only representing myself, my family, but representing, you know, where I'm from and um, where my parents are from as well. And I got to ask you just, just quickly, I, I know you're a Wizards fan. I know you got the LeBron James jersey on as I'm interviewing you. And I think on TC Airwaves, you actually picked Portland to win the West once. So you're kind of all over the place. But how do you uh, how do you see this year's uh, hoop season playing out? Yeah, look, man, I'm a Wizards fan, diehard. But, you know, I'm I, again, I'm, I'm a big under. Hey, and by, by the by the way, they lost in the finals that year. They did. So it wasn't that crazy. It wasn't. It, it wasn't, wasn't that nothing. crazy that I said that. No. They lost in the finals of the West that year. But uh but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a NBA fan, man. You know, I know I like I studied, I love it. My Wizards looking good going to All Star break, man. Like we were looking good going to All Star break. I think we can make the playoffs. I mean, and we kind of see what we do. Bradley Beal is something special. We call him a walking bucket in DC, and hopefully, hopefully we can get ourselves in the playoffs and and see how we go. Yeah, you got to try to keep on to Beal because players like that don't come around often. He's a super, I mean, you don't. Talented I mean, guy. he's stupid. Like he's. <laughs> I think the best two guard in the league. I don't think you're wrong at this point for sure. Uh, Francis, uh, getting back to the tennis side of things, I do want to mention your 2019 run to the AO quarterfinals that really established you as a guy that's tough to beat. Going through Anderson, Seppi, and then Dimitrov in brutal matches and, and physical matches, you kept saying after those matches, doing, again, the LeBron celebration as you, as you wear his jersey now, but it was about how bad do you want it. And I thought it was interesting to learn that you were listening to a lot of motivational speeches going into those matches. Um, looking at that run and what you were able to accomplish, did you think it was just part mental to get over that hump to know that you can actually beat these guys and see it happen in best of five? 100%. 100%. And kind of going out there and doing it. I think it's all mental. I mean, I always, the game is always there um, with true belief because it, it's, it's, it's so true. How bad do you really want it, man? Like, like I mean, like it's it's out here for the taking. Like it, like why not you? You know what I mean? Like, you know, if someone else gonna do it. Why not? Like you know, you out here, you might as well make something out of it. You flew all the way out here, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and it's it's there, man, and it's it's there for you know, especially for a guy like me who's got the game and got the potential. But yeah, I mean, you just got to put it all out on the line. And some and sometimes guys are gonna play too good, and you can sleep well at night. But you just got to know you can put it all out on the line, and you know, if someone out competes you. You can shake his hand, look at him in the eye and say, too good. That run was spectacular. I'm curious to know how, if any way, Francis, did your life change after that? I know a lot comes with winning, but there's also the potential for distractions, obstacles that could come in your way from, you know, getting some recognition in this sport. How did your life change after that? It changed dramatically after that, man. Um, it was recognition everywhere. I mean, I, I rolled back home. To DC and you know the, the owner, the owner of the Wizards, put me on a jumbo tron. I'm sitting, I'm sitting with him, I'm I'm sitting with them on the floor, meeting all the guys all the time. Granted, I did before, but you know it was just different kind of love, getting recognized at normal dinner spots where I was just kind of kicking it. You know, a lot of the NBA guys were showing crazy love, and I had a ton of perks with it. That that does bring distractions, and you kind of start kind of veering off to that, and you kind of just enjoying that time, and you kind of start. For, stop forgetting why these guys reached out to you in the first place so there was complacency right that, yeah. that comes with that comfortability and i'm kind of happy i'm going through what i'm going through right now i'm trying to get myself back because now it's going to taste that much sweeter and so much better when you're back there and try to reach new limits once i'm back there 
Do you think, Francis, that your ability to grind and your ability to kind of overcome, you know, setbacks like you've admitted to having in your career, and that comes from, you know, how you were raised and who you were raised by? Yeah, 100%. Mom and dad, they, they're, I mean, they're the toughest people I know. I mean, from what they did, anything I'm doing out here ain't tough. I'm trying to win a tennis match, it ain't tough, man. They they grinded, man. They, they grinded to make me and my brother have a good life. So, you know, I'm going to make this thing work and I'm going to maximize it. Um, you know, people people can say, you know, I move, I vibe different. I do things differently. You know, not everybody likes it, but, you know, I, I do me and I'm going to leave a mark on this sport one way or another. Love to hear that for sure. Uh, a couple more things with Francis Tiafo on the TC Live podcast. One of the things I enjoyed about after that run was uh, you got to kind of showcase your personality and some other interests. And, and one of those, of course, was fashion, the GQ piece, and and we all know about that. But do you think it's you know an added benefit that we're getting to a point uh, in the game, Francis, that we're starting to see players showcase their personalities and, and outside interests that we're just so common to seeing in other sports, but maybe not yet tennis? I think it's big, man. I think guys need to... Like, I, I love, you know, big roars and guys showing their personality, joking around with the crowd, obviously, COVID right now. But, like, I mean, we got to show that because, I mean, the game, we're, we're looking at different guys. Who's going to be that guy to take over? What's his personality looking like? Roger Rafa, Novak. I mean, sorry for Murray, but, I mean, these guys are going to be gone soon. Who are, who are going to be those guys leading the sports? You know, what, what, what are those fans going to look like? How are we going to bring younger guys into the game? And that's why it's so easy to follow NFL, the NBA, and things like that because, you know, these guys have the, have their personalities and people want to be like them. You know, you don't want to want to be a tennis player. You want to be the, the actual individual. That's true. It's a good point. And I think what we're starting to see more is uh, players that are having big fan bases and big crowd support. I mean, I saw some of your matches at the D.C. event, and there was a lot of kids there. And I, I think that's, you know, part of the appeal to tennis is, you want to get new players and new people into the sport. And I think, you know, having kids support, I think you would agree, is is crucial to just growing the game. It's crucial. It's crucial. And, and yeah, a lot of my fans are kids, man. Like, it's, it's pretty <laughs> funny. I tell my parents all the time, man. Like, a lot of my fans are, like, I would say age range from, like, 5 to 25. Like, they just uh, my age and, and, and younger and young kids, man, like, Oh, they, uh, they love the nickname Big Foe, and they just kind of just thrive off that. And it's cool, man, because, I mean, I, I remember having being that kid looking up at somebody. So I'm glad I'm paying it forward. Where, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that Big Foe. Where did that come from, and when did you first hear it? And, and I guess when did you first embrace it, I should say? <laughs> it's actually funny, man. It was uh, years ago. I was, like, 13, and I was at a tournament called the Orange Bowl, and my, you know, and at the time, me, me and my boy Jordy was here. We we're talking about, you know, what, what would be our nicknames if we was in college and playing for a team. And we were talking about going to Georgia and they the Bulldogs. And uh, and we kind of were joking and they were like, and we were both like at the same time, like, oh, they, you know, what they called you, Big Foe, woo-hoo. <laughs> and uh, we were like, yeah, it should kind of go. And then, and then after that, it was like, I was like, man, this kind of sticks. And then Instagram came out and then I was like, I'm going to name myself Big Foe. And then, obviously, then you start winning. And then, like, the fans started kind of taking it in. And then, you know, I kind of ride that wave. And then I made the hashtag Big Foe on the come up. And then it was kind of a wrap after that. 
It was, uh, and, and I think it was interesting because I remember hearing it, and it was like a almost I don't want to say movement, but that's what I remember. It was a bunch of hashtags, and we're like, oh, I guess I guess he's got a nickname, and I guess it's sticking. <laughs> that, that's funny that right, that's yeah, kind of where it came from. Crazy story. Uh, Francis Tiafo, uh, pleasure chatting with you. I just want to go over one more thing before we wrap this up. Uh, in 2020, you won the Arthur Ashe uh, Humanitarian Award, and uh, it's a huge deal, obviously, uh, to be in the same breath as Arthur Ashe. Uh, you did some great stuff with your rackets down, hands up for social justice, and uh, you and your uh, girlfriend, Ian Broomfeld, as well as uh, a series of webinars for the Excellence Program designed to keeping kids engaged in sports during the pandemic, um, which is just phenomenal stuff. Tip my hat to you as well. But did you have to kind of find your voice? Was it a struggle? Because uh, I don't think many people really... I don't want to say we're used to, but hadn't really heard you speak up before. And uh, it was definitely a pleasure. But was that something that you kind of had to find in the years on tour? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely, I definitely always kind of spoken about it. But then it kind of everything came to light, man, this 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 past summer. And it was kind of like everybody was doing it. And I was just like, man, this ain't no better time. Because obviously social media, branding, you know, all, all these kind of things, you got to, there's, there's all, a lot of things on the table. But everybody was kind of getting behind it. And I was just like, Look, man, like, you know, this is something I'm passionate about. I'm not, I'm not out here doing it because it's, it's trending. This is a real life thing, um, and and it's been a real life thing. You know, Will Smith said it best. It's been going on for a while now. It's just being taped, so it's like, yo, know, I, I, I want to create my own awareness. My girl, my girl was telling me some stuff, and we kind of cr- created an unbelievable video. I'm just happy, guys. That many people participated in it. I was nervous that it's like obviously like the big names like Serena and Naomi like. Cause I bet people are always asking them for shit, right? But <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right. <laughs> What's it feel like for you uh, as a kid growing up, playing tennis, idolizing your heroes, to be mentioned in the same breath as Arthur Ashe? It's big, man. To to get to get that award was big. My, I mean, you know, I've you know, I've had a lot of compliments. My moms, was, moms and pops were super pumped about that one. Obviously, you know, I mean, they remember when he was alive, and you know, it was crazy, like. You know they were they were they were super pumped about that and you know I got a lot of props for that and cause I always I always say it all the time man I'm a I'm a person first athlete second man you know what I mean I, I want to be known more for what I do for my communities and 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 so on and so forth than what I do with a tennis record in my hand. Couldn't have said it any better there, Francis Tiafo. Uh, pleasure chatting with you on this podcast. Last thing, uh, what? What can we expect? What are you planning? What are the goals for the rest of 2021, starting with, uh, obviously, finishing strong here in Chile? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I want to I go away here. Um, but, you know, first and foremost, I'm worried about playing on Wednesday, tomorrow, and handle uh, <laughs> yeah. that and, and, oh. and kind of keep going. But, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, goals, I mean, it is what it is. I want to be in the top 20. You know, I want to I wanna get back. There, you know, I was top twenty. I was I was top thirty before, and I want to be higher than that. And but you know, short term goal, you know, I'd love to be seated for a French Open. Um, I feel like I'm too good, too talented to be playing guys, to not know, to be worried about the job and be like, oh, could I play Rafa first round or Novak second round? You know, I wanna, I wanna kind of get in that top thirty two again and and feel comfortable. The jaw comes out and slam. I'm like, I'm not gonna play someone seated at least. So that's that's kind of my short term goal. Well, Francis, we uh, we wish you the luck. Thanks for taking time out of your day to come on the TC Live podcast. We left some meat on the bone for next time. And uh, best of luck with everything. We're, uh, we're all rooting for your sustained success. So uh, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks, bro. Be easy.
Huge thanks again to Francis Tiafo for coming on this week's TC Live podcast. A reminder that you can catch every episode of the TC Live podcast on the Tennis Podcast Network. It's simple. Just go to tennis.com slash podcast. Every episode in the series is up there. You can also find every other podcast on our network, some really good shows. We've got a lot of people bringing the heat. I think Vika Azarenka is uh, you know, fastly rising up the ranks as well. She, she may have a future, the tennis player in the podcast game as well. A lot more tennis this week on Tennis Channel. Roger Federer returns today. He's playing in Doha. A lot of other events in Guadalajara. The ladies are there. Marseille, the men. It's, it's a great time to be a tennis fan. Chile, of course. Best of luck to Francis Tiafo. Thanks again for listening to the TC Live podcast. And we roll out with this DMV-inspired go-go music. Thank you again for listening. And we'll see you next week.